Good afternoon, everyone. BC here. Hope everything is well this wonderful afternoon. And whether you're here on the West Coast, East Coast, somewhere outside the United States, welcome, 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 and thank you so much. I am here in beautiful Long Beach at the Hoonigan headquarters, also known as the Hoonigan Donut Garage. I think they have quite a few insignias here. Hello, Hondas. Interesting name. Thank you for joining us. Hello, Arkem. June. Thank you. Hello. One love. Nile Mystery, good seeing you, thank you so much. Hello, One Love Entertainment from overseas. Yes, AJ, it has been a while. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. EF8, greetings, MF Bobby, hello. Yes, Jackson, I'm making a new video with the wagon, as you can see in the back, and they see the tires off and the body club brakes are showing. We are doing a build biology, which is pretty cool. Boyle House, sorry, Boyle Heights is in the house, hello. Enrique, greetings. Orlando, Florida, hello indeed. C. Perez, thank you for joining me. Hello, Parker Pucker. One love, House of Health, thank you so much. AJ from across the pond. Jay Ewis, thank you for watching our show on Netflix, more to come. Hello, Herms, good seeing you. Subaru, thank you so much. House of Health, and greetings indeed. Fresh, thank you so much. And for those of you joining us on YouTube, thank you so much for being part of our journey this afternoon at Hoonigan. And for those of you listening on podcasts, whether you're using the loo, traveling, walking your dog, exercising, thank you for being part of our family here today. Yes, Ontario's in the house. We came from there this evening. Good evening. Thanks, thanks for seeing you. Switzerland, thank you so much. High class customs, yo, yo, yo. Brazil, thank you for joining us indeed. Things are fantastic, one love. Blessings to you as well. What's up, Mickey from LA? Thank you for joining us. Izzy. You need the shirt, but in black, I'll see if I can make it happen. This is a old school throwback shirt to the wagon. You guys asked for it, and it's now available. It may be hard to do in black, but I'll see what I can do. Um, who is that behind me? There's, oh, I think that's a Ken Block poster thing back there. I didn't even notice that. Quebec, hello, Sam, good seeing you. Good afternoon. Jason, good seeing you. The shirt, no problem, two camps. I will make it available on the site. Tonight, worst case, tomorrow morning. I think we'll have it in this cream, blue, pink, white. Black, I haven't quite had available yet, you know? Thank you so much, Arap, you're so funny. Hello, Street Racer, good seeing you. Saul, greetings. S. Valencia, another one in Orlando, Florida. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, the brakes are massive, they are. They're pretty large body club brakes. I did convert the wagon to a five lug. I've always been a huge advocate of going fast but never stopping. Even my van, Odyssey, brakes are scary. I learned from that and did that here. Rancho Cucamonga, good seeing you. Ikenna, Kekwanandewo, Virginia Beach, Switzerland. Wow, so much. It'll be kind of hard to do donuts and um, on the left. It'll be kind of difficult. Hello, Saeed. Fraud, you need some Puro. I'll be more than happy to help you with that. We have it on sale on our site. And just go on to bcmore.com. I think I have it for like $14 a quart, which is nice. Nova Scotia, Canada. Come here. Thank you for joining us indeed. Peter, SOS. Man, SOS, you will love me. We did such a smashing job with this day. Thank you for the wonderful interior. Obi-Wanza said, hey, BC, you mentioned on the previous Tech Tuesday that your wagon wasn't street legal yet. Are you actually planning on making it street legal? And if so, how are you going to manage doing that in California? I don't know yet. Um, I haven't done it yet. It's not even still not street legal. So I haven't decided on how I'll make that happen. It could be quite an involved process. Chattanooga, Tennessee, in the house. Let's get it, let's go, good seeing you. Josh, all the way from the UK, thank you for joining us indeed. 
Cyrus, David H2B, North Carolina's in the house. A blue one, Fox Design, done, no problem. Red Honda with 1200 horsepower. I don't have one of those. I have a Burgundy Odyssey with 1029, but uh, nothing red and nothing with 1200. I haven't quite made that yet. Um, do, so, do you yeah, do time inserts? Time inserts, I don't know what that means. Please elaborate, I'm more than happy to explore. Maza the one, good seeing you. Hello Maza, thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words, you can uh, appreciate that indeed. Um, yes, this is official of the wagon, absolutely, Masioso, Masioso, thank you so much. Wagon's name, I haven't quite given her a nickname like I do with Stitch and Nemo, but uh, she's known as the Wagon 2.4, which is pretty cool. Um, greetings from Charlotte, North Carolina, good seeing you. Vancouver, BC, wow, we have so much of you from all around the globe. Thank you for joining us. K24A4, 70 millimeter throttle body. Skunk 2 manifold. What can I tune with? Honda makes nada for a K24A4. Well, you may want to go into AEM Infinity. That would be the choice that I would love you to have, especially if you're a manual gearbox. That's what I have on that, and that's my ECU of choice in terms of that. I hope that helps. I am doing great, Olubudon. Um, it is a nice day out here as well. We're here in Long Beach at the Honigan Garage. We spent some time here with Nadari, Nads, as you guys may know him, and we did a proper build biology. You guys wanted to know everything about the wagon, the breakdown, what makes it tick, how did it come to be, what are the specialized components we have, how can you replicate something like that. Pay attention to the upcoming video on YouTube from our friends from Hoonigan, and then I'm going to be joining Nads, Rywire, who helped wire this up, Steph Papadakis, who is a wonderful, wonderful icon in the industry from the Honda days to today, in their Twitch studio. So we're going to start doing more Twitch stuff as well. So after our Tech Tuesday, you want to join us on Twitch, on the Hoonigan channel. We'll be more than happy to interact with you live. How hard was the case with the wagon? LSX, it wasn't too challenging because our friend from Hasport made it very easy for us. So Brian from Hasport has these mounts for the EM. And it was very simple. You did have to modify the passenger side mount by removing it and bolting on, and ideally we end up welding on the secondary mount. They have everything else bolts on. It's pretty straightforward, so it wasn't bad whatsoever. One of the biggest challenges that we had from an engineering perspective was fitting a large turbocharger between the engine and also the firewall. And our friend from Turbinex provided us a reverse turbo, one that rotates reversely like a mirror turbo, and that allows us to put the uh, intake manifold where it is, allowed us to put the intake to the turbo, courtesy of our bins parts at AM intakes into it as well. And using a very nice cast manifold, we had a nice uh, downpipe from Turbonetics to make things very nice, easy, and tight. Kwambir is asking, would I ever build a BRZ or FRS or GT86 build? Unfortunately, uh, whether it's Toyota or Subaru or the whole Toy Baru family, I don't have a relationship with them. Working with a manufacturer makes things much easier. It's always preferable because R&D is quite expensive. So that being said, whenever I have a relationship like we do with Honda, American Honda, like we do with Hyundai, like we do with Ford, like we're trying to develop with Mazda, when we have those relationships, it allows us to create wonderful opportunities for projects and parts. So if you know someone from Toyota or Subaru family and they're more than happy to partner with us, we can make it happen. Rosler from Atlanta, thank you for joining us. What requirements does a wagon lack? It depends on what you're speaking of. Are you talking in terms of power? Uh, speed, please elaborate. Enrique and I'd be more than happy to explore that with you. Hello, Leonardo. Good seeing you. Wow, SV from Germany. Greetings. Thanks for joining us. 
Do I have any history with Datsuns? Actually, I do. My very first vehicle when I came to the United States, um, I came here in 1989. I had my first vehicle, I would say, in, I would say the year 1993. I had a Datsun 200SX with the puppet headlights and the wedge look. That was my first car that I purchased here in the United States. I was rear-ended, and then my love for Hondas came to be. I always admired two cars when I first came here to the United States. The MR2 Toyota, first generation, AW11, and believe it or not, the Pontiac Fiero. But I couldn't afford either one. Plus the Pontiac didn't have very good remarks in terms of reliability, so I wasn't too excited about that. The CRX was the next thing to that kind of beautiful wedge shape that wasn't cost prohibitive for me as a student at the time, you know? Who built the block and head for the wagon? Who built the block? Oh, these two hands. I had the opportunity to build the block. So let's talk about the block on the wagon. It's a K24Z3 bottom end. Um, I'm running uh, Golden Eagle sleeves in it. So they had the opportunity to sleeve, machine, and born hone the block to a very healthy, um, uh, uh, I think I'm trying to remember what I went in terms of bore. 87 millimeter, 87 millimeter bore. The pistons are Trom 10.1 to 1 compression pistons. Uh, I use rods from Eagle. So our good friends from Eagle Rods provided the robust, heavy-duty Eagle Rods that allows this to tick. And the crankshaft is also an Eagle 93 millimeter crankshaft as well. So I built the engine in our climate-controlled engine building room. Now let's talk about the head. The head contains valve chain components from Supertech, so factory, size, stainless steel, intake valves, and internal exhaust. The cams are BCMO level 2.4 camshafts, and the head was assembled, put together with a, a proper uh, competition valve job by SB Engineering in, or SB Machine Shop in San Bernardino. So that's how that came together. So I hope F rod, FR rod, that helps indeed. Do I work on the 370Zs? Yes, we do tune quite a few 370s, especially if they have the AM Infinity. And we have components for them, from clutches to flywheels to you know oils that we sell to custom pistons to valve train you name it. You know, any future builds? Fresh. That's a great question. Any future builds? We're constantly building. So here's what we have in, we have in, in, in the pipeline for 2019: the 190e Mercedes. We have a AW11 first generation MR2. We have a Dodge Viper fifth gen that we're doing some crazy stuff with, and that's courtesy of our friends with Mattel, we're doing some really crazy stuff with that as well. And a center seat Boxster, which is a single large turbo, center seat, Boxman, carbon fiber roof, crazy middle, full all out race, it's gonna be like a gold color, I think I posted that a couple of posts again, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, Fox Design has a good question, he asks, um, do the inline Fuel filters, filter as well as OEM factory ones. Well, it depends on the aperture in the filter medium, meaning what micron is the element. So one thing I don't like about the factory filters um, are that they are designed very well for the flow capabilities of a factory setup. But when you start pushing the envelope, where you need more, more fuel flow, you kind of need a filter medium that not only is it impervious to the different type of fuels that you can have access to, E85, methanol, whatnot, you kind of want a medium that is very robust. So I tend to shy away from some of the paper style mediums and go with something stainless steel. What's on this car is one from our friends with Kinsler. Kinsler's in Troy, Michigan. They do a lot of intake manifolds and fuel components. And we have um, a stainless one on this. I also even have a stainless pre-filter to the, to the pump 
and a pulse filter as well. So I have a 100 micron feeding the pump and a very nice, fine 25 micron before the, the uh, injector, so it won't give me any issues whatsoever. Hello, Dan from Canada, Toronto. I actually like going to Toronto. I think it's really cold there right now. I was there twice last year, which is pretty cool. Hello, Leonard from Brazil. Have I done the, please, Street Racer Jones, give me more insight on what you're speaking of. The HW50 concept, we're talking about that, JVM. We just talked about how we're still building it and we'll have it ready for 2019. Hello, Leo. Ah, have I done the wagon yet? Yes, we've broken it in quite a bit. So what I did was just some breaking and you know, I couldn't keep my foot out of it. I even with breaking oil and getting the ring sealing properly and getting everything clean inside the engine with the um, Purell SAU40 is what I use at the breaking oil. I couldn't keep my foot out of it. I knew I knew better because I, I want I need to put, bring you guys on board so you can take a look. I want to make the fuel cylinder even more robust, and I've done that. But um, you'd be pleased to know she's at 772 now, which is pretty exciting. So I'm gonna go back with her with some proper Purell in it synthetic and we're gonna have some fun and I'll show you what she can muster and um, in the event that I need a bit more my concern I wasn't concerned but the one thing I want to keep my eyes on with this um, that may limit power are twofold I'm hoping my injectors at low pressure can be okay even though I'm only 2200 cc's usually on race cars I have to run if I run four injectors only I have to run pretty astronomical high fuel pressures to be able to get the duty I need to make the good power with that size injectors with four cylinders so I'm trying to avoid going to eight injectors, even though it's not such a bad idea. Secondly, my turbine size is somewhat limited. I have, um, since I had a reverse turbo, I'm limited to the amount of turbine options I have from Turbinetics. So I have a 0.4 AR uh, T4 with a 68 wheel on the exhaust. If I find out that I'm starting to choke up top, I may have to probably go back and get a larger manifold or modify the volute of what I have now. So. I will keep you on board with that journey. So thank you for the question, Street Racer Jones. Hello, D'Agustin from Ottawa, Canada. Am I hoping to be an Acro Integra in the future? We were talking about it. Um, I, I, I really am partial to the first generation Integras. Um, my team really wants me to do something with like a DA. Um, DCs are not bad at all, but for 2019, I don't have any plans for an Integra at this time. Hello, AJ. My pleasure, Honda Boy 79. Would I ever work on mainstream engines for customers who want the BC Touch, LS, IT, BBC? Yes, that's typically what we do. So AJ, um, to share with you a little bit about my background, I tend to go or gravitate towards unloved engines because I love the challenge, and above and beyond that, it gives me an opportunity to create some good product. But on the flip side, from a customer perspective, many customers believe, wow, if he can do that with a D series, imagine what he can do with my H. If he can do this with a K24Z7, imagine what he can do with my standard K20A2. If you can do something with, you know, if you can do these amazing things with a, uh, a Peugeot engine, imagine what you can do from a Renault. So I get a lot of mainstream engines, and that's not a challenge whatsoever. So we do that. I have no objection to playing with LSs. In the Porsche world, even though I build a lot of M96s, a majority of the customers that come to me have Metzger-based engines, air-cooled and water-cooled. So I hope that helps. Can I give her a name, Bismobile? <laughs> sure, you can. <laughs> Thanks for the suggestion, I appreciate that. Hello, LB Gorilla. Hello, Jamal. Monster 944 turbo in the future? No, not at this time. The only old school Porsches I have that are not very um, popular that I have in, this, in the works would be a 914 at this time. Jamal says, BC, you're the real OG when it comes to automotive industry. Hopefully I can get a chance one day to meet you in person. Jamal, it'd be an absolute honor to meet you as well. 
Uh, Izzy is asking, did Nats dig out of the wagon? Yes, he's a true Honda head, and we had a great, robust discussion about this E2 behind me, what makes it tick, and he didn't let me off the hook easily. He asked some really hard, tough questions, which was really good. He asked good questions about the project, why did I choose CRV parts, uh, why do I not have a hood, so on and so forth. It's gonna be a very, very, very good episode. I can't wait to get some feedback from you guys. Um, yes, hello, Lens, good seeing you as well. Greetings as well, Angry Wankle. I just showed, right next to me here, you can see it is a pretty decent Wankle engine um, with a pretty decent sized turbo on it. Uh, I think it's something that um, uh, hurt over here, built. I'm here at Hoonigan, by the way. Hello, JDM Lifestyle, good seeing you. Uh, skew, squeak runners? Squawk Runners, good seeing you. MS, good seeing you as well. Nick, I think you're really going to enjoy the biobiology. Thank you so much. Alfie! Alfie, I know you had a question earlier. Could you kindly ask me that question so that we all can benefit from it? That would be so good. Hello, Ben Favreau. Good seeing you. He says, this is Adam Bendov, I should build an S2000 with 2J just to make people crazy. First of all, a lot of my AP guys would kill me. Secondly, <laughs> the people from Honda would kill me. <laughs> If I did an S2000, I, I would definitely, most likely, keep it in the Honda family. I wouldn't even do an S swap. But thanks for the suggestion. We have a lot of 2JZ guys who come by. Both the 2JZ GEs and GTEs come to our facility to get tuned. Hello, Alfie. Good seeing you. Garcia is saying, hey, BC, I hope you're doing good, and I hope you're doing well. Also, Garcia, the other day, you mentioned scavenging. Can you please explain exactly what scavenging and how it affects, how it's affected how it's affected or helped. So if you're talking about exhaust scavenging, it's very simple. I'll give you a very good analogy, which has worked very well for me as I continue to grow up and as I go into engineering. You know how you stand on the side of a road? Let's say a major highway, and you have a truck whisk by you, and you feel that pull in the direction of the truck? That's a scavenging effect in a very simplistic manner. Now, how does that work with exhaust gases? Well, when you have the internal combustion engine, and let's keep things super simple. You have air and fuel coming in, it's combusted. The only way to get the most ideal energy is to have a clean mixture of air containing oxygen and fuel to get combusted. If you have any remnants of exhaust from a previous cycle, it makes your combustion chamber, it makes your engine, it makes your stroke inefficient. So what is the best way to get a clean mixture into the combustion chamber, especially during overlap? Scavenging. When you design a header exhaust manifold very well, ideally, as you can think of the exhaust gases traveling through the exhaust manifold in pulses, you want to be able to have one previous pulse scavenge or pull, just like that truck analogy, a column of gas through the combustion chamber when both intake and exhaust cams are open. What that does is it allows you to have a clear intake charge and more power in your combustion chamber for the compression and combustion stroke. So in other words, Having air columns move next to each other and pull the adjacent cylinder helps create a cleaner intake charge. I hope that helps. What are the shortcomings on, previous, on the previous D16 Z6 engine? Well, if you're talking about this wagon versus my previous wagon, there's one thing I didn't like about the D-series wagon I had. It was two-wheel drive, and hence, it made great power, but not only was it a little laggy because of this slight uh, uh, disadvantage with displacement, it spun tires a lot. I remember customers would come by, I'll have to put five people in the car for the car to actually hook up decently. And still, it was nothing compared to an all-wheel drive platform. So, in terms of the engine, it was a fantastic engine. The only thing is that this makes 
way more power at lower boost. So that little 772 that it makes now, there's barely 30 PSI. On my D series, I made 724 at 41 PSI. So that shows you that having a larger displacement, a head that flows a lot more, the key to making power is getting as much air in as possible, help tremendously with this making more power. So I hope that answers your question properly. Let's see here. How much PSI would you recommend for a boosted K20 Type R currently in this build? Um, it depends on your application. Are you a stock engine Type R? Are you aftermarket? I need you to think of boost as not a number that helps you make power. Um, in other words, don't think of boost as a number that is a goal number. Boost is just the amount of pressure in addition to atmospheric pressure that helps you create the amount of air into an engine to make X amount of power in the way that you want to make it. Meaning, I could have a 400 horsepower engine. Let's say your K24A2 Gold is 400 horsepower on a stock engine, which is very reliable if you tune it properly. You can do that with a very small turbo. You can do a really small, let's say, 57 millimeter turbo, which is relatively small. You can do it with a 62 millimeter turbo. You can do it with a 72 millimeter turbo. You can do it with an 80 millimeter turbo. The 57 millimeter turbo, you may need close to 13, 14 PSI to make that same power, but it will spool very nicely. With the 72 millimeter, you may need like seven PSI and you'll get to that power, but it'll be very likely. With the 80, probably even closer to that, if not less, but it'd be much lightier. So let me know what you, your horsepower goal is and I'll be more than happy to recommend to you a turbo based upon what you're doing. Is it a Dino Queen? Is it a drag race car? Is it a top speed car? Is it a drift car? Is it just a fun car for the street? Let me know and I'll be more than happy to assist. Enrique says, what does it take to make it legal? A lot of work. So first, um, being that I run flex fuel, I have to be able to make sure my emission standards are up to current standards. I have to take it to a local referee um, in California and get it approved. And then been DMV quite a few times. So it's quite an involved process, but it's one I'm willing to take if I want to parade her around very nicely. Um, I know most people all-wheel drive swap for drag racing, but how does the all-wheel drive system do on the back roads and at the track. So we'll find out. So second coming, our friends from KW, I don't know if you can see, but I have KW suspension on there. They tend to have an event they put together once, sometimes twice a year. Um, it's a track day that KW puts together. It's their KW kind of shootout. And they want me to bring this out. So I will give you feedback. I may even do it better. I will take you with me and have you in the car as I'm rocking on the sequential gears going down the track. So I'll let you know. Instead of guessing, Let's find out together. How's that sound? Ah, I didn't good. We just talked about that. I didn't good. I just talked about you on a bio biology, and hopefully you don't get cut. But I talked about you in the radio you sent. So um, yes, you'll get a ride along very soon. Um, Dippin' Deep says, BC. Few small questions. Does your Odyssey go into eco mode? No, it does not. So um, the Odyssey in factory form, which is the 2014 Odyssey, does have VTEC. Now the VTEC is not to help with power as you typically see for the Honda heads. The VTEC in this case is a cylinder management opportunity. And what that means is by cylinder management, it shuts down certain cylinders to help with eco. I eliminated that when I went to full power because I really didn't have a need for it. So I hope that helps. What transmission is in the wagon? Great question. The bell housing is from a 2004 CRV. The cover is a cast unit from Quaife and all the internals are from Quaife as well, straight cut, sequential gears. These dog gears are very noisy, so when I start the car, it sounds pretty noisy, but I love it, it sounds really cool. So thanks for asking. Hello, Marlott, good seeing you. 
Are the internet rumors about Eagle Rods a myth? If not, why do some people bash their products? AJ, I have no idea. Um, I was curious about Eagle Rods themselves, and I haven't had much experience with them, except for now. They are awesome, they're robust, so I have no idea what the rumors are. I've had customers come into my facility to tune where they've made 800 horsepower, which is 200 per cylinder, to the wheels, no problems with steel Eagle Rods. So in this case, I have the HD rods with the 625 bolts. I've had nothing but great success with them. So I have no idea why people bash it. They shouldn't. They are very, very good products. Hello, PWR. Good seeing you. Am I going to build a Tesla Model X? I'm really considering it. I've always had affinity for those of you who follow me for a while for everything EV. I understand the benefits of EV engines. I love electric motors because as a powerhead, I love the torque that you can have full torque at one RPM. It is fantastic. So that being said, I just may. And if I do, I'll let you guys know. Hello, Primary Engines. Good seeing you. Hello, C. Perez. Thank you for the kind words. Yes, PWR. Wagon brother. The wagon family is strong. Stuart, greetings. Good seeing you. Thank you for joining me this wonderful afternoon. Uh, picks up the Hot Wheels Civic Type R. Mine is, uh, is mine. Do you like it? I do like it. I do like it by all means. Uh, what pistons get cut when going to eco mode on the J35 and how does the proper oiling get to the cut cylinders? Well, I don't know which cylinders offhand. I really don't know. I can look into that and get back to you dipping deep. But oiling is not a challenge when it comes to cylinders. Think about it. When your crankshaft is being fed, oil pump to the crankcase, going through the main rods, to the, to the, uh, uh, um, from the main journals to the rod journals, the rod journals always have oil, based upon oil pressure and the engine moving, squirting up into the cylinders. That doesn't stop when you turn off fuel and ignition. You still have that same oiling that's being sprayed from the side of the rod into the cylinders. So it's not a problem whatsoever. But the exact numbers, I know it has cylinder management from six to four to three, but I am not privy offhand to the exact cylinders that are shut off. Hello, Elf. Funny, good seeing you. Can gas ported pistons make power? Carbon? Yes, they do. A lot of power. Now, there is a fine line, however. The key to making power in a turn combustion engine above and beyond air is being able to seal and keep the gases of combustion in the combustion chamber where they can be ignited and do work on the piston dome. Now, in many racing applications, you have two types of gas ports. Lateral gas ports, where you have the top of the crown of the piston um, and the sides or where the gases go in, or top gas ports would go directly. The top gas ports can get clogged with soot and combustion elements, so I'm not a huge fan of it. The lateral gas ports on the side don't put as much pressure, hence the rings last much longer, and don't get clogged easily, which I like quite a bit. And they do make power. Now, here's what I tend to do. I tend to understand that friction is the enemy of performance. So when I run lateral gas ports, I always use a very slick oil so we don't have any challenges. And of course, pure oil is my choice. If you don't use it, you need to get on it. That is the best compound I've ever seen. Um, Jaypur is asking, what is going into the AW11? A lot of love. So I haven't decided what engine I'm going to do. I have two options, to stay with a legacy Toyota engine or to go with a swap from a different manufacturer. I will keep you posted and you'll be part of my journey. So if you haven't subscribed on the BC Motor YouTube page, go on there now, subscribe, and you'll be made aware of every step of that build, which is pretty cool, you know? Yes, CNC works. You did hear Big Turbo Boxster. You need a strong block. Well, the M96 is pretty robust if you address shortcomings. So even the K-Series here, I wouldn't dare do 7, 8, 900 horsepower 
in a stock block. You reinforce all the shortcomings. You begin with the end in mind. And meaning, I sleeve the Porsche M96 blocks, I dress the valve train by putting proper springs or retainers, the um, intermediate shaft issues, we do a better design for intermediate shaft, every shortcoming is addressed and it becomes very reliable and very enjoyable. CB7 says that my shirt's dope, thank you so much. I will have it available tomorrow morning. So we'll have it in this cream, in blue, in pink, and white. So thank you so much. Sorry about the noise here. We're here at a Honigan garage in, in beautiful, nice and cool uh, Long Beach, California, and they've been great. We have the wagon up on lift, where we did a bill biology, which is pretty nice. Hello, Ephraim, good seeing you. Thank you, Fox. Why CRV rear in the wagon? John Lido asked. John, that's a smashing question. Most people tend to opt for the original wagon van rent. Now, this car came as a two-wheel drive. Came as a two-wheel drive. And it would be a disservice to all of you if I went and sourced parts that were rare. This build, I put together listening to all of you. My goal is to build something that you can replicate with time and resources and not have to do crazy custom stuff. So, if I had a choice of helping you or just doing something for myself, I'd rather help. That's why I'm even here interacting with you today. The CRV rear end is plentiful. There's so many out there. It's very similar to the one in the Element, very similar to the one in the, um, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the Honda wagon um, vehicle that also has it. Anyway, it'll come to me. So, those are quite plentiful. It makes sense for all of us that I use something that is quite plentiful. If I break it, create parts that can reinforce it. So I partner with our friend from Automotive KMD, does supply some components to help make your life much easier. I'm here to make your life much easier. I'm doing it because it's more plentiful. That's why. So I hope that answers your question. That's why I use CRV, to help you because it's much more available, quite ubiquitous, which is pretty good. Greetings, Ephraim from Puerto Rico. Thank you for joining us. Um, how much difference is a ported to non-ported head in a B-turbo? It helps. The, notice, the thing you'll notice with a properly ported B-series head versus a non-ported B-series head is that you'll make more power with less boost. More power, less boost, makes things more, more efficient. It's easier on components, easier for you. It's fantastic. Remember, in any internal combustion engine, the key to making power is in the head. It's air. Greetings from Downey, California, says Roman Pineda. He has a 2000 Honda Odyssey, 280 horses, he wants to get more faster, but can he do an engine swap for an Odyssey? Absolutely. You can definitely do that. Um, you can do everything from a J-Series. You can do a, an inline four. There's so many options you have. What I'll ask you, if you want to see what engines are accessible to you, give Brian, who was with me a couple weeks ago from Hasport, a call. He can share with you what options he has for swaps and setup. And when you need go-fast parts, we're here to help you. Hello, Ken Show. Good seeing you. Greetings. Hello, Neil. Kappa Jimmy. Greetings. Luke from Texas, good seeing you. He's asking, do I think the D16Y7 has potential? Absolutely. The non-VTEC Y7 is awesome. Similar intake port to the Y8, which is good for power. You have the capability of not having to invest in expensive castings. If you want to go crazy with cams, you can do reprofiling, which you do, regrinds. Um, the bottom end is okay. You do want to address some of the oiling issues you have if you rebuild it. You want to use coatings and then PC coat the crank and the, and the, and the pump. And you definitely, if possible, want to use a proper oil, like the Pure Oil with high zinc. So by all means, you can have a lot of potential NA or boosted. And boosted seems to be a very popular one with the Y7s, you know? Um, so Iceman is saying, I really was hoping you were going to clean house in the fastest car with Odyssey. And I thought so too. Now, two things, if you remember. 
One, it's a front wheel drive with a lot of power. Secondly, if you notice the tires that other rear wheel guys are driving, they were really slick styles. So that being said, it wasn't really fair, but here's something that will make you very proud. Of that entire episode of the fastest car that I was on, the very first episode, both I and the Ford GT drove to the tarmac. The other two cars, towed. So much for sleepers, eh? So thank you so much, and I hope you enjoyed the show nonetheless. But guess what? It's a great thing that I didn't win that episode, because if I did, this wagon wouldn't exist. So this is my revenge car, and this came as a result of my experience and excursion with the fastest car with Odyssey. So she should be ready for season three, and we're gonna make a crazy mark over there. It's pretty good. What's good oil clearance on the mains and rods for that much horsepower? So, which application are you speaking of, David? Please provide me more. Um, I tend to move towards the looser end of Honda's recommendations. If you're talking about a Honda engine, if you're talking about a Porsche, I tend to exist in the mid-teens. So let me know which engine you're speaking of, and I'll be more than happy to explore that with you. Hello, Montiel27. Good seeing you. 1992 DARS or DA9RS says, what's the combustion chamber volume on the wagon motor? One of the most overlooked specs when people are trying to hit a compression goal. With this, if my memory serves correctly, it's not a very big combustion chamber. It's nowhere near the 50cc that you would see with an with a, uh, F22A. This is closer to the 38cc. So I hope that helps. Now, I love using static compression because that's what people tend to relate to, but I'm a huge dynamic compression individual. So camshafts have a huge effect on that, and that seems to have more effect, especially camshafts combined with IV tech, which is what this has as well. So I hope that helps. Rotary exhaust manifold tuning, I have very limited knowledge with that ZR, so unfortunately I won't be in the best position to answer that for you. Ephraim says I have a Civic Wagon RT, very nice, original, the only one in Puerto Rico, that's great. You know what's crazy? I'll tell you how crazy Southern California is. People are starting to steal all-wheel drive wagons, which is crazy, I'm so tired of that. But anyway, good luck and well done with your Puerto Rican RT. Uh, will I be daily driving the wagon? No, I won't be daily driving, it doesn't have much of any creature comforts. I built this to really do a revenge car and to really beat up on it. So I won't be dating it. Um, you know, of all the cars I daily, I really like um, the uh, Hyundai um, Hybrid. Ionic that I'm driving right now. And as of tomorrow, I'm gonna be dating a Mazda 6, which I'm gonna bring you guys along on that ride with that as well. And we'll talk about that next Tech Tuesday as well. Hello from the Dominican Republic, EL. Thank you so much for joining us. An old school tech would be nice. I know, right, Fox? First gen would be the way to go. You know, I always loved the D6A1 engines. I even love their gearboxes even more. That's, that's the gearbox I run on my CRX and my Insight. It's a D6A1 gearbox. A lot of people don't know that. Hello, Jose. Good seeing you. Greetings, Edwards. Hello, Jim. Good seeing you, Jim Genghis Khan. Can't wait to see the final numbers of the wagon. Make sure to go live. Definitely, I will. I definitely will do that. No problem. Breaking in is very boring, so I didn't bother. But in retrospect, I should have, because you guys could have been part of that journey. But it was a, it was a late night and kind of weird. Um, why didn't you go rear mount turbo since you had clearance issues in the engine bay? Rear mount? Chippy, please explain. Do you mean in the back of my bumper? I wouldn't, because that would make things extremely laggy. But it's kind of rear mounted now. So if you look at the engine bay versus where the turbo is, it's actually in the rear of the engine, between the head and the firewall. Most K-Gear series guys go above the gearbox. I didn't have to do that, thanks to our friends on PRL and Turbonetics. What kind of change do you have to alter to run oil pressure to reach the wagon to its current state? 
Let's see, I eliminated the uh, spray nozzles that are in the block. I also eliminated the factory K24Z7 large oil pump that has limitations in terms of RPM capability and has a balance shaft built in. It's a pretty large assembly and went with an RSX assembly. The bracket is a bracket that comes from our friends from PRL as well. They have this bracket that allows you to adapt and give integrity and stability to the RSX pump. Um, and that's pretty much it. And the one thing that I'm a huge advocate of is running proper oil. So um, I have pure oil in it. I, I, don't, I don't goof around with the lifeblood of engines. Oil is extremely important reliability and that's all I use. So I hope that helps. Hello, Ben Geller. Greetings, Rick Beastwood. Yes, Robert is in Dominican Republic. So many people from the DR. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Hello, Ran. Hello, Trippy. Do I like the new 992, Jose? Oh, Joseph? I love the new 992s. That shifter looks almost weird. Even the rear bar that some people don't like, I think it's good. Porsche is really going in the right direction. I'm in love with 992, and I cannot wait to get a review. And if I do, I'll bring you guys along with it. Hello, Chrissy. Good seeing you. Thanks for joining us. Nothing for a GT4 build yet. Nothing yet. Montiel, you'll be very, very pleased to know, as you mentioned, a Peugeot 205 rally. I love Peugeots. My first car that I, that I drove in my life was a Peugeot 504, old school. I love Peugeots. And then uh, my good friend Sonny came yesterday with a Tesla that I posted. And we were talking about doing a Peugeot build. So I like Peugeots. And when they come back to America, I'll be the first in line to want to work with them. How do I put a turbo for, how do I put a turbo for a 2000 Honda Odyssey? Um, first of all, if you're automatic, you kind of want to upgrade it to a manual because you'll start breaking things very quickly in terms of the gearbox. You want to be able to have a custom manifold. Depending if you want low boost, low power, no problem. You can run the turbo on a stock block. If you want to go crazy with power, like, you know, 400, 350 plus, you definitely want to be able to explore building the bottom end. And then a proper engine management is very, very important and oil to do everything yet. Panda's asking, why aren't you on the Twitch stream yet? Well, Panda, if I was there, I wouldn't be here with you. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, once I'm done, we've been together for about 40 minutes, I'm going to head over to the Twitch stream, and we're going to have a lot of fun. And I have, I've had a Twitch channel for a while, and I'm going to start doing more over there. So look forward to some more Twitch activity soon. But thank you for your insight and uh, interest, Panda. I will see you over there. Hello, Manny. Good seeing you. I look forward to seeing you as well, DJ. Thank you so much. Um, my pleasure in getting back to you on the Z7. My, I'm here to help. Thank you so much, Skinner, for the kind words that you love our work. Appreciate that. It's not about me. It's a team effort. From Duran to, to Sam to Aaron to Hedy to, you know, uh, uh, you name it. Andy, the team is just absolutely, absolutely fantastic. I mean, I have, I have, without my team, I'm nothing. I'm really nothing. Uh, Marvin, I mean, it's just, I have a great team. Hello, my good friend Big John. How does the wagon drive? It's awesome. There's something weird about driving around and shifting sequential. It's so cool. John, John, we missed you. John was my crew chief all those years that we were racing CRX and Insight. Big John, who's John Grande to you, has a wonderful facility, wonderful restaurant in Carson. Please hit him up. He has great wares. The guy was kept me safe on the track for years. My biggest advocate. And I met him at his tree races. Very long story. We should probably talk about that next time. Or maybe on my Twitch channel. We'll talk about that as well. Um, thank you so much. Hello, Alfie. Luscious. Turbo Pineapple. We were just talking about you yesterday. I went to the Ford dealer. One of your friends who used to race with you years ago. He's there taking care of me with my Mustang. 
yeah, I have a Mustang and it's misbehaving with very low miles, but we'll get it figured out. Good seeing you so much. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Good seeing you. Have I ever used a Comp Turbo Oilless? No primary. I'm a huge precision and Turbonex advocate. Um, Gordo saying, I don't know if you remember me. I'm the guy with the GSR head and the V16 bottom end. I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago. I'm having issues with the quench area. I'm about to order B18C full-floating pistons on Eagle Rod. And would it work? It depends. So full-floating is cool. Um, I like lots on my ends. But if you need for custom pistons and you want to hit a certain static compression number, write to me. DM me. I'll help you out. It's no big deal. I'm here to help. By all means. I want to know if it works remotely. We have to crunch some numbers to see what can work well for you. But I'll be more than happy to help you design something. Any concerns with turbocharging a base or Porsche 96 Boxster? Um, the only concerns I have are twofold. One, the factory 2.5 or 2.7 cannot handle a whole lot of power. Two, the IMS bearings do need addressing. So that would be the two challenges I have. And a little less concern, but it's still valid there, is de-chunking on the top of the cylinder. So when I build M96 engines for any active high horsepower duty, first thing I do, sleeve the block, address the uh, intermediate shaft, and definitely upgrade the valve chain because those valve springs do break from time to time. They break on stock engine, you know? And it's glass, thank you so much. What's the difference between the JDM K20As, DC Type R, EP3? There are so many differences, but the most major ones are in the camshaft design and intake manifold. Those are two major differences. Um, hello, Leonard, good seeing you. Why did I go with the Element CRV rear diff versus OEM viscous rear drift? OEM viscous rear diff? Well, the one in the Element CRV and cross tour, that's the word I was thinking about, does actually have a pseudo viscous coupler system in there with multiple clutches. So it's more, I would say, ideal to manufacture. You only have a standard drive shaft, that's why it's up there. You'll see it on the bill biology that we did with Hoonigan. Um, and once again, I went with the CRV rent because it's plentiful. I want to help you guys with components that are more around. It doesn't make sense in me investing in Wago Van Rens when they're so hard to get. I'd rather help you by creating and developing products for something that's very common. So if I break it, I'll go, yay, I don't get discouraged. I'll find a way to resolve it, and I'll have the parts available for you to benefit from. And my friends from back east, from Automotive Candy, had the same mindset. We are here to help. Hello, oh snap, it's Mr. Drake. Good seeing you. Thank you so much. When are we going to start drag racing again, says John. Next year, John. So my schedule is changing. We're doing a lot more high-profile builds for OEMs and major companies. So that gives me a little bit more time to spend time with the family and do what I love, which is racing. So wagon's coming out. The insight's coming out. Bunch of Porsches. We're going to have a good time. Why are cheap eBay turbos so good? Abel, that's not my experience. I've seen customers break those turbos on the dyno. I've seen very few individuals. Even my good friend Fabian, who helps me with my haircuts and stuff, he's had some success, but a vast majority of those cheaper turbos break. And here's the bad thing. You start the car up in the dyno, it barely moves, so the bearings are horrible. And when they break, when the wheels break, they take out the engine. So the engine ingests all the compressor wheels and stuff, they are not good based on my experience. I'm a huge advocate of using quality components, and that's why even though you know, I have to spend a little bit more for precision, spend a little more for turbinetics, I do it because it's quality. And I cannot enjoy my project if things break all the time. I just can't do it. Hello, ST. Good seeing you. Oh, nice. Randy Boxman. <laughs> that would be good. I need to do that. You know what's interesting? You said that, Andrew. Um, 
the president of um, this wheel company, the carbon fiber wheels that's on the first red boxman. Um, very nice guy, Brad Gass is his name. He's really serious. He wants us to do one. So don't be surprised if somehow next year I sneak in this crazy lifted boxman project center seat that is just all rally. So Sam, get ready. We may have to do something. Um, what am I jumping to the Twitch stream? In about 10 minutes, I'll be over there. Hopefully they're having a good time over there. Uh, so Goofy DC5, stuck internals, please remind me. So many questions, so little time. What's the most balanced street legal track car I've ever built? I would say my 2007 Cayman S. That is the most balanced street legal car. Mid-engine, lots of fun, handles extremely well, very neutral, very forgiving. It's absolutely smashing. What's going on with the red AW1? It's sitting in the corner of my shop next to my showroom. We're working on that for next year. My goal is to have it ready for SEMA 2019. And right now, we haven't decided on what engine we'll put in there. You'll be part of that journey. I may go with a Toyota engine, or I may end up going with something that is a little swappy, but still in the Japanese realm. I hope that helps. Okay, so Wright says, comments about significantly lowering rotating weight, like wheels, tires, as in saying going from a 180, 185 to 140. Oh, humongous. So what you end up noticing, and I, this is so apparent with the testing I did with uh, Carbon Revolution. They made these carbon fiber wheels that are extremely white, lightweight. And what I have seen is not only were the carbon fiber wheels extremely robust and also don't deflect like aluminum, hence I get greater feedback. My cars don't tend to push as easily on the track. It's almost equivalent from what I saw. With you shaving, wow, 40 pounds, let's say 10 pounds per wheel, that's almost equivalent to the same amount of in horsepower. It's almost like 10 horsepower in your car. It's just less energy to get that car moving. It's, it makes your car much more faster. It makes you have better feedback to the steering. It makes the car a lot more nimble. There are so many advantages. I would do that if I were you, and I'm a huge advocate of lightweight wheels. Hello, Roman, good seeing you. Have I ever used water meth with no intercooler? No, primarily. Um, I've had customers come in. There's a gentleman who came in with a Honda Fit who had one of these Japanese, um, I would say, supercharger kits. I'm sorry for the, for the noise here, guys. They're, they're working, but it's good. And he came not intercooled. And the water meth actually worked very well. Um, it was pre-supercharger. It had a vein-style supercharger. And what we noticed is that the water meth, not only did it help create some good boost, because the water methanol helped seal the, path, the, the gaps between the veins of the supercharger, it also worked extremely well in a, as an anti-knock agent. So we're able to get him more power without any challenges of knock. And I also, being the fact that he used an AEM one, the AEM uh, liquid, um, water meth system has a fail-safe. So if your tank is empty, or if you have some kind of issue with a controller, you can send a ground output and you can use it as a boost cut or a um, ignition cut or some kind of safety measure or a bright light to let you know that something is wrong. Do I also do engine swaps? Absolutely, this is a proper engine swap. Of course, this car came with a D15 engine, which is a 1.5 liter with the skillet, with the dual point injection, didn't make much power, couldn't get out of his way, almost 80 horses. And now I did a proper swap with a K24 Z3 bottom end and Z7 head. So yes, we do swaps. Hello, Jeremiah, good seeing you. Jeremiah, I need your help. I actually need um, some stickers from you for my office hours. My office hours changed from uh, um, 9 to 6 to 10 to 5. We have so much going on in the morning, so I need some stickers from you just to put on my door. I'll call you later. So thank you so much. Uh, links to the KW shootout, I will definitely post it on my Instagram feed when it comes to light.
Yes, I am here, Tristan, at the Hoonigan Garage. As you can see, um, I'm here at Hoonigan. Pretty cool. There's a picture of Ken Block there. The Hoonigan Garage into a uh, hot tank that they use for parts. Um, let's see here. So, New York Gun Nut is asking, how do I come out of the closet to my parents? Um, very simple. Have the conversation. Take your parents out, sit down, say, Dad, Mom, I have something to share with you. You should do it. <laughs> I will drive to Odyssey. I would like to, but it won't be as cost-effective or straightforward as this because two major things. The Odyssey doesn't have an aperture down the crank, down the center of the chassis to allow for a drive shaft. And my gas tank is composite and sits right in the middle. And plus, American Honda was kind enough to help me with that build because that build was very expensive. In 2014, that was the most expensive build we ever invested in. Um, it took us seven weeks to build that and extremely expensive. So you can imagine R&D is very challenging. Um, I think Honda is really more interested in newer chassis so they won't help me with that one. So the likelihood of that happening is quite slim. <laughs> so this should be able to, to have do the ticket for us. Uh, Kanman says he needs a t-shirt. Kanman, I'll make it available for you tomorrow. It'll be on our website. I'll put a post up to remind you and you can get it in this color, in blue, in pink, and in white. Yes, I'm a Hunnigan Zion, absolutely. The difference between ported and non-ported heads with 30-35 PSI boost, same thing. You'll be able to make a significant amount of power if ported properly without that much boost. And I've seen everything from 20 to 80 horsepower to the wheels based upon flow. So it will help tremendously. Almost time, guys. I won't be here much longer. I have to go join the Twitch feed. Hello, Delane. Good seeing you. Hello, Chrissy. Um, you're having problems on your quench? Let's talk about it. Send me a DM and maybe we can help you with some custom pistons, you know? Herb's been thinking about a Tesla power wagon bag. Now, that would be freaking awesome. That would be so freaking cool. Yes, wagon mafia in the house. Salute to you as well, B-Dot. Good seeing you. Thank you so much, Turbo Pineapple. I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> Hello, cheers as well to you, Power Forever. Dan, good seeing you. I'm here at Hoonigan, one of your favorite places, you know? Your little smiles you missed out, but don't fret. I will have this up here for 24 hours, and then I'm gonna upload it on YouTube in the next day or so. And after this session, you can do a search for Bisamoto on uh, uh, Anchor, Radio Public, iTunes, or Spotify. And you can listen to it at your convenience, but you just wanna have the cool photography and video that we have back here, you know? Thank you so much, Chrissy. I appreciate this subscription. Oh, so Da needs uh, help with his old drive B series. And advice, thanks, yes, so here's some good advice. Um, it'll be good to apply some wagon trading arms. That'll make things much easier for you. You can source components from a first generation um, uh, CRV, so like a 99 thereabout, because it allows you to have the all-wheel drive components on a B series. As a matter of fact, if I were your shoes, I'll do one of two things. Um, go on uh, some of the Batman's websites and try and find those components. Or partner with a company like us that can get you a car through the auctions and you can just take whatever you need and that would be the way to go but the most ideal thing to do is to um, get a custom fuel cell or section your tank find wagon rear trailing arms um, use the CRV differential just way more cost effective and I will have a lot of components coming on it I'm testing clutches in the interim courtesy of a friend from uh, um, automotive KMD I'm gonna, we're gonna be making some shafts that are much more uh, robust out of 300M material. We're gonna have a ton, a plethora of components for that. And for those of you who will be available this weekend, there's a Honda Heritage event 
that's happening in the city of industry on Saturday. I'll be there. And on Sunday, our friends uh, will be at Button Willow um, racing, which is very, very nice. Um, AJ will be there and our friends from Next Level Racing. So you see Next Level Racing underscore here on Instagram. They'll be more than happy to give you some insight on that event. Very nice track day with some very talented, cool people. Earth Dreams Diesel in the MR2. Honda's moving away from diesels. I'll think about that. That's a good suggestion. Thank you so much. I can't wait for your 190E build, says Sincere. Any updates on that? I hope you're going M104. So, um, two things I can tell you on that. It's happening. Um, above and beyond that, I may go M104, or there's a manufacturer that's talking to me about a swap yesterday. So we'll see, you know? Thank you so much, Alex. Where have you been, West Coast Alex? You've been missing in action. Hello, Moslamo. Good seeing you. Um, so, Sagetronic, you've been missing my answer. I answered you twice about that. So, listen to this again, and you'll hear the answer I gave you about the difference between ported and non-ported heads. Hello, Jim. Thank you, Primate Engines, for the kind words. Thank you, Chris A. Hello, Georgia Blackshear, 904. Good seeing you. Um, pilot. So, the question is, Am I building a pilot or am I using pilot components? Please elaborate. Do I usually want power steering in my builds? Love to show. Thank you so much. I do. So on the Porsches, especially the boxing, to give you nice feedback, I typically run, believe it or not, MR2 pumps. Anyway, I do. Um, but I'm a huge advocate of either full hydraulic or hydroelectric combination where you still have the feedback of hydraulic. You still have the lubrication in your uh, rails for hydraulic. But you don't have that disconnected feel of an electric setup. Even though hydraulics, pure hydraulics can rob a lot of power, the combination of electric motor and a hydraulic assembly is really a nice, happy medium, you know? So I hope that, I hope that um, helps. Is the CRV rear an upgrade? Yes, so right now, the CRV rear I have now has the automotive KND um, dual pump um, shim assembly, which allows me for a quick spool, so it engages quicker than factory and it grabs on a tougher. And I'm going to push that and see how far I can push it. Then I'm going to upgrade to these clutches that is supplied, which replaces all the practical clutches. And you know, sometimes the CRV rear ends we get are very old school. They have hundreds of thousands of miles. They may be okay for daily driving, but not great for any performance. And then after that, we'll have some other applications coming as well. Now, my friends from Quaid, who helped with the all-wheel drive uh, sequential gearbox on this, are going to be developing a limited slip that goes inside the rear of the cross tour element on CRV rear. So we're going to have a lot of parts in the next few months. Hang tight, guys. Stay tuned. Subscribe to our YouTube, and you'll get some really good updates on what we have going on. So now I have a warning. Guys, I have to fly. I have to go to the other side of the building. If you are not on Twitch, if you don't have access to Twitch, please join the Hoonigan Twitch site. Over there, I have Rywire with me. I have Nadari and the legendary Steph Papadakis over there at Twitch. So join me over there. We also have a BCML Twitch page, which we're going to have a lot more information on there as well. So take care, everyone. Have a great afternoon. Stay tuned. And please, your feedback is very important to me. Let me know what you think. More to come. Take care now, guys. Cheers.